Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we equip people to embrace, manage, and lead through change. Um, I have my Mindset to Mastery podcast you can listen twice a week, where once a week we provide strategies and tools and tips regarding leadership, engagement, learning, um, and all things that will assist you in moving your organization and your business forward. And then on a special Equipped for Change edition, we provide you with tools, tips, and actionable items to help you in your personal and professional development so that you can become equipped for change within your organizations and your teams. So without further ado, today's episode, I wanted to share some things with you because I had a question um, in light of the election season that's going on in the US and there have been more and more questions that have come up regarding the state of leadership in our country. And when you look at the differences between what someone does versus their personality or their character. And so my question today is leadership. Are you following policy or personality? And, and there have been a number of practices, best practices, that tout how leaders need to be effective, responsible, ethical, authentic, collaborative, because leadership is not about um, solely getting things done, but it is a matter of you being able to relate to the people in your charge. And a, a very easy way to distinguish between it is that leaders build people and managers supervise tasks. So the focus on both are different. So when we talk about leadership in business, in teams, in organizations, in communities, in politics, are we talking about or following personality or policy? Is it more important to have someone of good character? Is it more important to have someone who is going to be reliable? Is it more important to have someone who is trustworthy? Or is it more about the things that they get done, the policies that they impact, that they implement, the ways in which they make an impact, the ways in which they move the needle? So is it something where we will overlook and forgive any personal shortcomings as long as the bottom line is impacted in a positive way? As long as you get things done, we don't care how. As long as you move the needle, we don't care how. As long as, then we don't care. Is that what the state of leadership is all about? Is that what we are saying that we're accepting? And so if we look at the, 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 the lens that we hold up to leaders in different arenas, is it that depending on the industry you're in, you have, you're held to a different standard? Is it based on how big your organization is? Is it based on who you're supervising? Is it based on the, 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 the size or the challenge, the degree of challenge for the task at hand? How do we determine which is most important? Now, I will tell you when it comes to politics, when it comes to politics and it comes to, to, to things where people want to support someone and, and maybe that person's personality is not exactly what's in line with their beliefs, 
of course, people will find a way to make excuses to do whatever it is they want. I get that. But when we're talking leadership, when we're talking straight up and down, we are looking at the person that we want to put in charge or you are wanting to be the person that is put in charge. What type of person are we looking at? Or does it really matter? Is it more about the policy? And if you have sound policies and procedures, then the type of person that you put in place, does it matter? Is it more about the fact that if your policies and procedures are in alignment and you have the right people on your staff, that the type of person and the quality and the character of that person that you put in charge really is a moot point? How are we making that distinction? What are we holding to be important when it comes to leaders? Because a big part of what I do when I'm working with organizations and I'm helping them to be equipped and, and uh, to embrace and manage and lead through change, there are a number of different factors that comes with being a leader. There are a number of different responsibilities and expectations. Yes, as a leader, you are expected to be charismatic. You are expected to be connected to people. You are expected to be empathetic. You are expected to be responsible. You are expected to represent the best interests of the people that you serve and lead, the organization, and its goals and vision and mission to hold that in a higher esteem than your own personal preferences. So if that is by and, by and large the definition of some of the baseline expectations we have when we put people in charge of nonprofits, when we put people in charge of businesses, when we put people in charge of departments or other people, then what happens when we get to politics or we get to things that have a little bit more of a gray area or a thorny issue what happens that makes us throw all of the baseline characteristics that we would say constitute good leaders, what happens to make us throw all of that out the window? Is it policy or is it personality? Yes, a leader does not have to be all warm and fuzzy. And there are some people that say, hey, if they are aloof and if they focus on, on the big picture and they don't necessarily have to be your friend and, and have drinks with you after work or go out with, you know, hang out with you guys at the company baseball party, then great. That means that they can make really sound decisions where they're not beholding to anyone and they're being objective. But what's it like to work with someone like that? What's it like to work with a leader that you can't trust what they say? What's it like to work with a leader that anytime they say something, they set an expectation, you're not sure about where you stand because they're not definitive. They're wishy-washy. They go back and forth. They change their mind based on the way that the wind blows. How does that make you feel working for someone like that? How much confidence would you have being on that type of team? So if we're going to hold our leaders and ourselves as leaders to a higher standard by saying that you have to be authentic, you have to be honest, you have to have character, you have to be able to be trustworthy, you have to have a sense of this is bigger than just you. If we hold all of those quote unquote truths about what it means to be a good, effective leader, to be self-evident and to be mandatory requirements when it comes to presidents and, and CEOs and leaders within companies, corporations, nonprofits, community agencies, and even your own individual business. 
If we hold that to be the standard for leadership, then why is there a difference between policy and personality, or policy and character, or policy and the person when it comes to politics? Why is that? Why is it that there are certain industries and certain aspects of our society where we hold them to a different standard and we expect that they're not gonna be truth, truth, trustworthy? We expect that they're not gonna be truthful. We expect that, you know what, let's just cast it under the rug because everybody has some skeleton in their closet. Nobody is 100% perfect. So why do we hold companies and organizations to a different standard than we hold the people who are supposed to be representing us in government to a different standard? Is it that you, you expect that when people have money thrown at them that they can't be expected to be honest? Is it that if you're putting someone in a leadership position and they have, they have so many quote unquote temptations around them of people trying to get in their ear and people trying to sway them one way or the other that, I mean, how can you expect them to say no? That's not how leadership works though. You don't lower your standard just because you want to vote for someone. You don't lower your standard just because you want to move over to this side versus the other. You don't lower your standards just because there's something about what you want that aligns with this person. So we have to ask ourselves what's most important. So where do we go from here? What is it that we do when we're evaluating or assessing what leadership is and what's required when we are choosing people to lead us in our organizations, in our businesses, in our communities? Is there a standard that we are adhering to when it comes to leadership? Or is this something that we kind of bend to our will depending on what we want to get out of this? So let's look at leadership from a more, um, not 50,000 foot view, but let's look at it from a more personal perspective. When we call someone a leader, when we give them the title of leader, we are looking at someone not just because they're in a position that they're in charge of managing tasks or they're in charge of making things happen or they're in charge of checking the boxes, when someone is a leader, they are by default assumed to have a certain level of not just competence, but a certain level of intelligence, a certain level amount of vision, a certain level of, um, of, of uh, community building, a certain um, empathetic streak where they are more inclined to look at the big picture outside of themselves instead of looking at things solely through their lens. Leaders are people who are required and who are expected to be smart enough to know that they are not supposed to be the smartest one in the room and they need to bring people around them that are going to help them to make the right decision for the organization or the business or um, the nonprofit or whomever, what team, whomever they're leading. They're supposed to be the ones that make decisions that are in the best uh, 
in the, in the best interest of everyone, not just themselves. So what is it that we have to do differently if we want to ensure that not only leaders in our companies and organizations are held to a higher standard, but leaders in every other aspect of our world. Because it doesn't matter if it's a small nonprofit, it doesn't matter if it's a global company, it doesn't matter if it's a, a mom and pop business or if it's your venture, it does not matter. Whenever you are talking about the fundamental concepts of leadership, you are looking at both the person or personality and the policy. Because depend, you have to have the right person and the right personality in office in that position in order to make sure that the, person, that the policy is created and followed properly. We all have a basic sense of decency. We all have a basic sense of empathy. We all have this uh, expectation that when we are talking about doing things for the good of everyone, quote unquote, that means that we look beyond what we want in order to be able to provide solutions that benefit us all. And if our leaders are not held to that standard, if our leaders are not held to the standard of moving beyond simply what they want and the way they see the world in order to, to build consensus, then we're not gonna have very effective organizations. We're not gonna have very effective leadership. And so my question to you and something I really need you to think about, are you changing the requirements of what it means to be a good leader, the requirements of what it means to have sound judgment, the requirements of what it means to look beyond yourself in order to do what's best for the company solely based on what type of leader you're talking about. Oh, if it's a leader of a nonprofit, they have to be selfless. Oh, if it's a leader in a church or in a religious um, organization, they have to be more willing to think about others than themselves. Oh, if it's a leader of my team, then I need them to be able to think about my needs as an individual and what I need to grow and to develop so that they can help me to become better. If it's a leader of my division or my department in the company, yes, I want them to be able to achieve those benchmarks, but at the same time, I want them to understand that I need time off to be with my family. If it's a leader in a political office, then I want you to uphold the ideals and to fight for me and my interests. But if you've got some skeletons in your closet, it's okay. We can't be disingenuous when it comes to fundamentally what we believe constitutes a good leader. And if you, are, you have followed any of my podcasts, if you have followed anyone who's considered a, an expert on leadership, John Maxwell or anyone, there are certain things that are non-negotiables when it comes to being considered a good leader. So are we looking at this from a different standpoint? Are we saying that personality is more important than policy? Or are we using personality as an excuse to not vote for policy or adhere to policy or support policy? Or are we using policy as an excuse to overlook personality? I don't think it's either or. 
I think it's both. I think you have to judge leaders by both their personality and the person and the type of person they are and by policies that they implement and ways in which they get things done. It is not always the best thing to get things done the easiest way. Sometimes the best way to go is the harder way. Sometimes the best way to go is something that you may not necessarily like personally, but you realize that it's the best direction and in the best interest of your organization and your team and your company moving forward. So we have to look at leadership through a, through a different type of lens. There is a different set of expectations that are placed upon leaders. We expect and require them to be honest. We expect and require them to be authentic. We expect and require them to be personable. Yes, we want them to be likable because we want to believe you. We want to trust you. We want to say that we can identify with you. But we also want to make sure that you're making sound decisions. We want to make sure that your ego is not going to overshadow your empathy. Your ego is not going to overshadow any, any hint of intelligence. Your ego is not going to overshadow what's best for the people that you're serving. Leadership is not just about wielding your power. Leadership is not just about you saying that you're going to do what you think is best, irregardless or, or regardless of anybody else and what they say and what they think. Leadership is being held to a different standard. And I'm not saying this just because I'm comparing uh, uh, political candidates. I'm saying this because in watching all of this unfold, it has brought back to my mind the fact that there are a lot of people who have very different ideas of what it means to be an effective leader. There are a lot of people who are willing to turn the other cheek or to turn a blind eye to very disturbing trends when it comes to leaders. If you are going to lead anyone, you have to be understanding. You have to be visionary. You have to be steadfast. You have to be authentic. You have to be honest. There are certain things that I need from you and characteristics I need you to exhibit if I'm going to trust you enough to follow you. But all of this comes back to us. What kind of message are we sending that depends, depending on what position you're holding, that determines whether or not we hold you to a higher standard? Or is it that we've just gotten so used to certain leaders disappointing us that we have given up on having a standard of leadership? Just because the people that you have been exposed to are flawed doesn't mean that you get rid of the ideals and the foundations. If the people that keep presenting themselves are flawed, maybe we need to change the system of how they got there. Maybe we need to make some adjustments and, and changes into the ways in which things are done. Maybe we need to actually re-examine our policies. Maybe we need to look at this from a different lens. Maybe, maybe the fault is not in the leaders. Maybe the fault is in us. So I need you to think about this from a different standpoint. I need you to think about this really. What does this say about what we think constitutes good leadership? 
What does this say about the cognitive dissonance that we seem to exhibit when it comes to choosing someone to represent us, but choosing someone and expecting someone of the complete opposite character to be to lead our companies and our organizations and holding that other person to a higher standard? What does it say about us when we're willing to bend the rules just to get what we want? What does it say about us when we don't have any fundamentally foundational principles that we hold to be truth? What does it say about us? When you elect, when you appoint, when you vote in, when you accept a leader that is less than in any way, what you're saying is that you're okay with things not being done right. You're okay with people being made to feel marginalized. You're okay with corners being cut. You're okay with people bending the rules. You're okay with things not being done effectively or efficiently. You're okay with hemorrhaging people and using people and stepping over people. You're okay with all of this as long as you get what you want. Maybe that was true years ago when you would have these corporate leaders and CEOs that were just greedy and, and, and had no moral principles or moral compass and they just ran through people and, and did everything they could only to serve the shareholders, only to line their own pockets. Those CEOs, those leaders are being dismissed. They're being pulled down. They're being put, to pat, put out to pasture. They are no longer being accepted as the norm. And if that kind of change can happen in the private sector, if that kind of change can happen in the companies and the organizations that, that we really don't have that much of a say in, except for working for them or maybe patronizing them with our dollars, if we can hold them to that kind of standard, why don't we hold the people who are supposed to represent us in, in political life or in social circles, why don't we hold them to that same standard? Running for public office is not easy. Deciding that you are going to serve in some capacity is not for the faint of heart. But just because someone is placed in a position of power, in a position of being a leader, does not absolve us of our responsibility to be the checks and balances to be the ones who look at them and hold them to a standard of accountability, to hold them to their promise of the oath that they take. CEOs don't take an oath. Public service members take an oath. And it's up to us to hold all leaders to, an account to hold them accountable. Make sure that they are representing us in our best interests. Make sure that they are doing what is best for the whole instead of just for a certain segment of the population that we think, that they think is, is, is more deserving. We can't operate like this. We can't have two different, two different standards. It's not the way it's supposed to be. The focus can't be different based on what position you hold. Good leadership is good leadership. Sound practices are sound practices. We make exceptions based on our personal preference. And maybe, maybe the problem isn't with the leaders. Maybe the problem is with us. 
Maybe the problem is that the people who are being led are not holding up their end of the bargain. We are supposed to have a responsibility to hold leaders accountable. We are supposed to have a responsibility to make sure that leaders are adhering to the vision that we all agreed upon. We have a responsibility to hold leaders accountable to what they're supposed to do to make their benchmarks, to, to exceed expectations, and to make sure that they are representing us in the best way possible. So if we look at leaders and we say that there's a failure of leadership, then maybe we need to turn the mirror back and look at us because there can be no sustained failure of leadership or no sustained uh, um, dereliction of duty unless we allow it, at least unless we play along, unless we say, oh, they're there, it, we're powerless to remove them. We don't have any say-so. We always have a voice. We always have a say-so. We always have a responsibility to hold our leaders accountable. And it doesn't matter if it's a leader of your team, if it's a leader of your church, if it is a leader of your community organization or your nonprofit, if it is a, if it is a leader within your division or your company, your corporation, your region, your state, your nation. Leaders should be held to a standard. And the higher you go, the higher your standard. Because if we're going to say that there are best practices, if we're going to say that there is a, a, a list of things that leaders should do and, and that are expected of leaders because they are, they are holding these positions, then we also have to look at our role and our responsibility. You can't be a part of a team and when you see your leader failing, you say nothing. You can't be a part of an organization and when the, the CEO is going in the wrong direction, you say nothing. You cannot be a part of a constituency that sees your people going off the rails and doing things completely contrary to what they said they were going to do when they, got, when they were running for election and say nothing. Leaders do not exist without quote-unquote followers. And followers need leaders. But do they need the type of leaders that they can't trust? Do they need the type of leaders that they have to go, mm, he's a horrible person, but he gets stuff done. Can't we have both? Can't we have it all? Can't we look for people of integrity that are going to serve in the best interests of everyone? So what's most important to you? Is it the person or is it the policy? Or is it only the policy if it benefits you and not everyone? There is more at stake when we determine who we're putting in leadership positions and how we are developing them and how we are supporting them and how we are holding them accountable than just what immediately comes to mind. These are long range decisions that have far reaching consequences, not just for the immediate sense of, of what decisions are happening, but when you look at any type of leader that has long-term power, they're setting up precedent. They are setting up policies and procedures that are going to have a ripple effect long after they are gone. So let's do an assessment. Let's be, take an honest look at ourselves and, as the and at the people that we put in leadership positions. Which are we holding to be more important? The person or the policy? 
And what type of person are we entrusting with the, with the job of creating and upholding policy that is going to be beneficial to all of us? If you're stepping up and wanting to assume the mantle of being a leader, it's both personality and policy. It's both integrity and holding people accountable. It's both honesty and authenticity. You can't have one without the other. So I hope this has been helpful for you. Please visit my website at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com. You can find out more information about me, um, find out past episodes of my, of my podcast, and you can click a link to schedule a time for us to be able to talk about how I can work with you and your organization to be able to assist you in facilitating outcomes by equipping your people to embrace, manage, and lead through change. Please listen in on my podcast on all of the different platforms, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Spotify, um, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and a host of others, and follow me on all of my social media channels. I look forward to uh, reaching out to you, to hearing from you, and please, 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 I need you to think about this long and hard and do some reflection. What type of organization are you establishing and what type of precedent are you establishing when you determine who is leading your organization until next time stay safe stay sanitized and we'll see you on the other side